Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast-to-coast on CBS Sports Radio, you could stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You could listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone restrictions apply. We'll be joined momentarily by the AFC Defensive Player of the Week in Alex Highsmith coming off his monster game up against the Cleveland Browns. The Steelers are now 1-1 one and one to start off the season with a Sunday night showdown in Vegas up against the Raiders. And now joining us is the AFC Defensive Player of the Week linebacker from the Steelers in Alex Highsmith. Alex, always appreciate when you join us here on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you for the time, and how are you? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Well, let me start you off with the performance on Monday night. So it wins you AFC Defensive Player of the Week. We know you start the game off with the pick six for a touchdown. You ended the game, forcing the fumble, and TJ brings it into the end zone. Your story has started to gain a lot of traction. You were rewarded with the contract this offseason. But to do what you did on Monday Night Football, what do you think you showed people individually about Alex Highsmith? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just the, the the main thing, you know, I was happy about was uh, just being able to get the victory. Uh, you know, we didn't come out and start very well against the 49ers that first game. And so getting a victory a home victory against the AFC North opponent was huge for us. Um, that was the goal for the week. And so we came out and did that. You know, I just wanted to do it, do whatever I could to put my team in the best position to win. So, um, you know, on defense, you know, we pride ourselves in making splash plays and getting the ball, getting turnovers and stuff like that. And so we just want to kind of build on that um, from last week. And so um, I think, you know, there's still a lot of areas that we can improve on, but I think we did a good job of taking the ball away. And we just got to continue that culture. You mentioned it coming off that blowout loss to the 49ers. People were wondering how you guys were going to respond in a tough spot up against a divisional rival. Uh, what was the vibe? What did you kind of sense from your guys leading up to that game to elicit the performance that we saw from your team? Yeah, we knew we just wanted to get that taste out of our mouths, you know, especially, you know, losing like that at home. First game of the season, you know, you're hyped up and ready to go. And, um, you know, you, you, you hate that feeling. And so we just wanted to get that. Uh, that, that that nasty taste, that sour taste out of our mouth. And uh, we did that by getting the victory um, over the Browns. And, you know, it's just the ASC North. You know, it's a rivalry game. And so those games are weighted differently. You know, Coach Tomlin always says that. And so even, you know, not only was it ASC North game, but it was a primetime game as well. So all the peers are watching. And so, um, you know, we came out, we got the job done. But, um, you know, we got a, a lot of ways we can improve. And looking forward to showing that, you know, this Sunday night. 
the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Alex Highsmith, is with us. When you look at a pick six for you, a forced fumble, and also a sack in the game, was that the best game that, that you've ever played? Uh, I mean, <laughs> probably, probably probably one of, I would say, because um, that was probably my first touchdown since like Pop Warner, so it's been a while since I've had a touchdown. Um, but, you know, and I feel like I could have played, you know, um, you know, even better. And I, I just always want to have that mindset. I never want to get content or satisfied with how I perform. Um, you know, there's uh, looking at the film, there's so many more plays that I could have made um, in that game. And so I just never want to get content on like a performance, no matter how I play, whether, you know, I do have sacks or I don't have a sack in a game. You know, I always just want to uh, be wanting to get better um, and play better than, than, than I do. And it was so cool to see the way that you played. And then we also know what TJ Watt does week in and week out for the Steelers for a long time. Uh, what have you been able to learn as a teammate of TJ Watt from him? I've been able to learn a lot. You know, ever since I came in my rookie year, he, he's he's just been able, he's just been willing to help me um, in my in my growth and development, in my process. And, you know, I, I came in, I was like a sponge, you know, I always wanted to soak as much information as I could. Um, and just I was talking to him meetings and stuff like that. So it's been cool, you know, seeing, you know, how we started to, um, you know, get out there and work together and stuff like that. And, you know, on that strip sack play, we we both knew that it was going to be some type of play action on that play. And so just, you know, we've, we've started to communicate a lot um, on the field, and that's grown a lot over the past couple of years. And so it's cool to be able to, to to ball with that guy, man. You know, he's he's the best in the world at what he does. So, you know, definitely blessed to be able to go out there and ball with him. I love your story where you were a walk-on. You end up becoming a third-round pick. You got a $68 million contract this offseason. What do you want people to know about – the story and the grind of Alex Highsmith to become the player that you've been the last few years in the NFL. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful for the for the for the path that, that God has had me on, and uh, I believe He's blessed me in unbelievable ways. And so, um, I, I play for His glory. And you know, um, for me, it's always been you know about working hard, and, um, and I truly I truly mean that. Like out there, I would do extra stuff at practice all the time. I would get there early. I would stay late, watch extra film and stuff like that. And so. Um, you know, I've, I've been given this platform for a reason, so I want, I want to make the most of it. And, um, yeah, so I, I just want to be someone who's known as, you know, a blue-collar, hardworking guy, um, you know, who always wants to get better. A big topic of conversation this week was the hit Minka Fitzpatrick had on Nick Chubb. Personally, yeah, it's an awful injury. No one wants to see one of the game's best running backs get injured. I didn't have a problem, though, with the hit. Were you surprised by the reaction of some going after Minka for the hit? I mean, yeah, I was um, because, you know, it's and I you know, I absolutely hate it because Nick Chubb is he's, he's one of the best running backs in the league. And, um, you know, he's a great player. And you hate to see um, injuries like that happen. It's just the the terrible part, you know, the the terrible part of the game that we play. You know, everyone's out there and we're playing. We're playing hard and um, things like I just hate to see things like that happen. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know why people were, were coming after him. But, you know, um, I'll just, you know praying for him and that his, his recovery would be really fast. And, you know, he, um, he gets back on the field, you know, cause he's a, he's a great guy to go against, you know, I like going against him. He, he, he runs hard. He really makes you work, um, you know, work to get that victory against him. And so, um, but you hate seeing, um, guys go down like that. You know, you really do. When you guys were preparing, you had a lot of success up against the Sean Watson. What was your view going into the game when you watched him on film, the quarterback Deshaun Watson can be, cause people are wondering can he get back to being a great quarterback in this league? Yeah, I definitely think he's still a really talented quarterback, you know, and, um, you know, because he's very, he, he he's very, you know, multidimensional. Yeah, he can throw it, he can run it, he's dangerous in the pocket. And so we let him out a few times in the game. And so that's what he's dangerous in that way that he can get out of the pocket and run as well. And so we knew we just had to contain him. We knew we had to get after him. 
Um, you know, we, we sacked them, you know, good amount of times last year, the last year in the season. So we knew we had to get after him again this this year. And so, um, but, you know, he's still definitely a very talented quarterback. You know, love competing against him, you know, because he's a, he's a competitor. Being in that locker room, being a big voice in that locker room like you are as the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Alex Highsmith is with us. A lot of people are wondering what your quarterback is capable of in Kenny Pickett. When you go to battle with him, what does your quarterback bring to the table to this league? Yeah, he's a competitor, man, and I know, uh, you know, I know he's going to bounce back, you know, um, you know, c- coming up this week and stuff. And I'm just excited to see um, just how he can how he continues to grow. Um, I've already just seen you know a step up in leadership of him um, just throughout the off season and through training camp and stuff like that. And so I'm excited. I don't know, all, all the guys on the team respect him, and so I'm excited for him to, um, you know, to bounce back. And um, you know, I know I know they're going to have a you know good week, and um, I'm just excited to you know see what they do. When you get to this game on Sunday night up against the Raiders. Right, you got Josh Jacobs, there's Devontae Adams, you have Jimmy Garoppolo who's been in this league as a long time. Throughout the week, what has been the number one point of emphasis when you go up against this Raiders offense? Yeah, you know, they got a lot of good guys on their offense. You know, they got a good offense. You got Jimmy G, and like I said, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. So they got a lot of weapons on their offense. And so we got to be able to shut those guys down. You know, we haven't played the best that we can in the run game. Uh, this year, and so we got to really lock in on that because Josh Jacobs is a really good running back, and so we got to be able to stop him. And then, you know, Devontae Adams being one of the best receivers in the league, you know, um, you gotta we got to lock him down. And so it's going to be a good challenge for us, but, you know, I'm ready for it. I'm up for the, up for the challenge. You know, I can't wait to, to get there on Sunday night. You know how this works. Before the year, a lot of people were singing your team's praises, and they were saying, watch out for the Steelers. They're going to be a good team. You lose to the 49ers and everyone's off the bandwagon. Now people are jumping on board uh, following the game against Cleveland in that uh, Monday night football game where the defense was awesome. You're there each and every day. What do you think this team is capable of this season? No, we're capable of a lot, uh, you know, and I'm just, I'm just excited to go to go to war with these guys every week. And, um, you know, we know we didn't start the season the way we wanted to, but coming out and get the victory um, was a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, this past week. And so I'm looking forward to taking that step again this week. And so, um, you know, it's another primetime game. It's another opportunity, you know, for us to show, you know, everyone's going to be watching. So another, it's a big opportunity for us to show what we've been working on this week and how we've been preparing. And so, you know, I'm ready to go to war, um, you know, with all my guys. And I just can't wait for, 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 for Sunday night. Last thing I'll ask you, Alex Highsmith, if, if I would have told you when you walked on at Charlotte that a few years into your NFL career, you'd be a $68 million player, you'd be an AFC defensive player of the week, you and TJ Watt would be causing havoc together as, as teammates up against the Cleveland Browns. What would Alex Highsmith have told me when you first walked on that Charlotte football team? Uh, man, I, I, my mind probably would have been blown. I'd probably look at you like, for real? Um, but, you know, I've always had, you know, uh, the goal of being, you know, um, a top-tier guy in the NFL and being someone, you know, who, who causes havoc and causes production. So I've always, you know, had this dream in my mind and, you know, it really didn't become reality for me until later in my college career, like my junior, senior year. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm just grateful for for, for my journey and, and the process. Um, you know, I feel like I'm process-driven. Uh, I, I fall in love with the process. And, you know, being a walk-on has taught me a lot. And it's just still a work ethic and a mentality. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have had if I earned a scholarship. So I still carry that with me, with me today. And, um, you know, I'm always going to carry it with me. Well, good luck coming up against the Raiders. Once again, congratulations on winning the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. And uh, thanks so much for jumping on board. Always love when we get to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Zach. There you go. Alex Highsmith with us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Wonderful conversation with him. And one of the more motivational stories and inspirational stories in the NFL. Just once again, incredible. A walk-on to a third-round pick. 
to then uh, becoming uh, a $68 million player and seeing the performance that he had last night. Like, Hickey, that performance on Monday Night Football, after a week where everyone's doubting the Steelers and everyone's saying, man, did we all overestimate the Steelers heading into this season? To be able to start the game with that pick six and then you basically end the game, forcing the fumble, and T.J. Watt picks it up and takes it into the end zone. This story just keeps on getting better and better for Alex Highsmith. And now, when you look at the Steelers, like, I don't want to say that everyone's now back in on them because the Browns have their own issues and the Steelers have to start getting things going offensively. But when you look at the, the Steelers, like, they should win this week in Las Vegas. Then they play the Texans after that. They should be 3-1 and one going into that game up against the Baltimore Ravens. And then it's another enormous test inside of this AFC North division. So it's all about in this league, when you suffer some adversity, how quickly do you bounce back? And that's how the Steelers are going to win some games this year. We all know TJ Watt and his potential and what he could do and how great he is. One of the better defensive players, not the best defensive player in the league, uh, which is up for debate. But to see the way that Alex Highsmith was flying around, and it just shows you that the Steelers do a great job in identifying talent and then also developing that talent to see where an Alex Highsmith has now become just a dominant force and a guy that won AFC Defensive Player of the Week. I'm just still laughing at the question uh, of, this, was this the best game of your career? He goes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, you start the game, like I said, with a pick six. On the yeah. first play of the game, you score a touchdown for the first time in your NFL career. Mm. You end the game with a strip sack yeah. that allows JJ uh, TJ Watt to go in the end zone to score. Get your Watts right. I know. I, I, my apologies there, TJ. To score the eventual game-winning touchdown, it's like, I mean, in a game where yeah. you needed those or else they lose, that's hell of a game. The reason I ask that always, because you never know what story you're going to get. And the story still of Alex Highsmith is not fully told yet. Like I'm talking about on a national stage, which you're a football fan. You, you obviously know he is. You know how good of a player he is. There's a reason why he's, you know, just got nearly a $70 million contract. And I remember having him on, what, two years ago? and talking to him about his story as well. But sometimes, like, a player will go, oh, yeah, there was actually a game in college where no one watched me at Charlotte where I had, like, 23 tackles, two touchdowns, um, an interception, and a sack. Or when I was nine years old, I caught five touchdowns in a Pop Warner game and then also uh, picked off the quarterback twice. So I'm always compelled to see what the story is going to be. But, but as a pro, yeah, uh, that game, the way that he... He was really the bookmark where like you started the game with the bang and then you ended the game with the bang and the Steelers defense is the reason why they won that game. Uh, Both of those offenses stunk with the Browns and the Steelers, but it was that defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers putting up two touchdowns in the game. Just what a, a remarkable performance from week two. And then you go up against a Raider team on Sunday. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen on Sunday night because the Raiders are a team where no one's expecting anything out of them. They win week one up against a bad Broncos team, but they still won, right? And a lot of people thought the Broncos are better than the, the Raiders headed into that game, so give them credit for that. And then week two, they go right down the field, first drive of the game, Devontae Adams touchdown. And then it was a blowout in favor of the Bills the way that we thought the game was going to go. Now for both these teams, you kind of don't know what to expect the rest of the way with the Raiders and Steelers, and usually that makes for a really close, good game, hopefully, when we tune in on on Sunday night on NBC. 
let me tell you, Kenny Pickett, he should be one thanking Alex Highsmith for saving his you-know-what last yeah. week. But if he replicates that performance on Monday night, again on Sunday night, I know it's still two nationally televised games, but that's going to be a quarterback under scrutiny a lot going forward. And the Raiders' de- defense isn't good, but you do have a great defensive player in Max Crosby. So there's some big defensive names on both sides in this game, a lot more on the Steelers than the Raiders. But yeah, you would think this could be a favorable spot for Kenny Pickett where you go up against a great 49ers defense, a Browns defense that is solid and good as well. And now it's like, oh, you could probably breathe that you got out of those first two games, one and one, and things open up a little bit with the porous Raiders defense. And I know D'Amico Rines is a great defensive mind, um, but now not having a ton of talent with the Houston Texans. So these are two big weeks where they should win both these games, but you got to see the offense start to gel and really start to hum. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports when we return with the news brief. But first, we will take a break and come on back in five minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to The Zach Gelb Show. For your daily news brief, we get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All right, let's hear Kyle Shanahan on how proud he is of the way that Brock Purdy played in the game last night as the Niners are the first 3-0 team of the season with the first team that played in week three with the chance to do so, taking care of the Giants on Thursday night football. He missed a couple today, and guys made a couple of real good catches also. Um, but, you know, I thought it was just a huge challenge, one of the biggest ones Brock's been in, just to, you know, the short week to prepare for a scheme like that, um, just how much they do with, you know, they had six guys on the line of scrimmage throughout the game. Um, half the time they're coming, half the time they're not. Uh, there's not a, a comfortable play throughout a game, you know, f- from a play call standpoint and from the quarterback just because 
there's a lot of plays that don't work versus that. And so you got to constantly be looking at it. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, which is a huge challenge for a quarterback. And um, I thought he settled down throughout it as the game went and ended up playing good enough for us to win. Let's go to Trent Williams. So this was a the big topic of conversation. Trent Williams on his brush up with Ashawn Robinson right before halftime. What happened at the end of that, just before the halftime? I don't remember. That's, that was a long time ago. I at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, I, think I don't know. I it may have been a, like a Larry Holmes, uh, you know, Mike Tyson. Uh, little, little right hook. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just mixing it up, man. So, um, you know, it's a lot of, lot of tempers flaring out there. It's a competitive game, and, you know, sometimes things boil over a little bit. Do you expect NFL to come after your wallet? Uh I don't think so. Did they? It was a love tap. It wasn't that hard. Did they? I'm pretty sure they were pretty frustrated at that point. Um, you know, we had a couple long drives, 11, 12 play drives, and ended with points. So I'm pretty sure that can't frustrate an opposing defense. And, you know, the tempers fly. So it's amazing what gets called and what doesn't get called in the NFL and what leads to an ejection and what doesn't lead to an ejection. This one was so weird. Because Robinson is not even touching Trent Williams, and Williams just shoves him. And then I guess you could call it a punch to the face. Now he has a face mask on. When you look at it, Hickey, is that a closed fist? It, it looked like it was like partially open as well. But like if that's what we're deciphering here, it was a, a bad job there by Trent Williams. You're right in the sense that he should not have put himself in that position in the first place. He should have known how valuable he is, and he should have known the only way the Giants get back in this game is if I get tossed yeah. and one and, less guy out there. And let me be clear. I'm not sitting here saying that you have to toss a guy there, and I'm okay with not ejecting a person there, but I understand why the Giant fan is annoyed and why Brian Dable was furious. Guy just walked up to him and shoved him in the face for no reason. Especially going to halftime where they took a knee. Like, you never see that. I am, I I don't want to say I'm glad he didn't get ejected, but I guess I'm more surprised that there was a few times where there was some pushing and shoving after the whistle. I'm truly surprised we didn't see a, not a brawl, but some real fists actually throw, not a questionable right hook from Trent Williams. The other thing, too, is Trent Williams has been around the game for a long time. He knows the questions that are coming, and you have to face the music. I love that he started off saying, oh, that was at halftime. That was a, right before halftime. That was a long time ago. I, I just misremember what happened. That's a savvy move from the veteran in Trent Williams. As George Casanza would say, it's not a lie if you believe it. Now, I, I thought I saw something on, on Twitter about this. Was there some beef between these two guys at one point in the offseason that may have led to this? That I'm not aware of. Okay. And that would explain as to why the shippiness started fast because you would think these two teams are not really rivals. You know, they've not played these drag it out games where there's some bad blood, like let's say between the Eagles and the 49ers that we'll see in a few weeks. That would explain the chippiness. I was unaware, um, but that would definitely make more sense as to why. Like this game had a chippy feel. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I don't know if that's true or not. I just saw like some people were speculating it, and who knows with what people speculate on Twitter. But it's like one of those things where it was, I know that you get into a sort of mentality when you're a player and then sometimes things like that just happens and you lose your cool if you're a guy like Trent Williams. But it was just so random 
and there was really no buildup to it that we could see on the field, and maybe there was something. It was just weird when you went back and, and watched it. It was, and the timing, too, of, again, right before halftime on a kneel down, it's not like he just piled, drove him into the ground. All weird. It's amazing how quickly Jerry Jones gives quotes. Jerry Jones, I know he does 7,000 interviews with 105 through the fan, and it's the best interview segment in sports, in my opinion. Jerry Jones says he's not looking to make a trade after the Trayvon Diggs injury. No one uh, has the impact that he has. Does that make you say, you know what, this is a championship-type team. I need to go find somebody at that level, too, and add it to this team. Well, you can't do that. That's like saying that uh, uh, I want to be Tom Cruise. You don't replace these uh, irreplaceable players. No, you're, you're not going to probably find someone that is at the level of Trayvon Diggs, but you could find someone that can help your team. Like, I don't think you need to say yes right now. And who knows with Jerry Jones in terms of how many times he does these interviews. He'll probably say something different on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. But there's a lot of times where players become available right before the deadline. And I know you're a few weeks away, but a few years ago, Stephon Gilmore, who's on your team now, got traded. So there's going to be someone available where he may not be elite. He may not be great, but he could be a, a productive piece to your football team where it doesn't totally give you the production of Trayvon Diggs, but even if it gives you half or 75% of that, there's a way, Hickey, that it could make your team better than whatever the, the current plan is right now. Right, you're not looking for Trayvon Diggs 2.0. You're looking for a better corner than his replacement's going to be. I'm just shocked that Jerry Jones had, I guess, the, the self-awareness to say, oh, I can't be Tom Cruise. I'm not going to be as good-looking as Tom Cruise. I give Jerry credit, I guess, for some self-awareness. Plastic surgery, though, could maybe... Uh, I'm sure he's already had enough work done, but you get a little more plastic surgery? Tom Cruise, maybe. I don't know about Jerry. I, I think he's all natural. Can I give you a hot take here? Sure. When people obsess with plastic surgery... And I don't, I was, I don't know if Jerry Jones got a lot of plastic surgery done I hope done not, because if so, oof. But, get a refund. But what I'm saying is, I feel like a lot of times it doesn't make people look that much better. Where they look like too fake, where I don't think it's actually a good look for them. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. It does never, never looks natural, and always looks robotic. Micah Parsons says, "What can this guy not do? Uh, he's gotten some reps at tight end." This was on the Pat McAfee show. Big Mike actually let me get a couple scout team reps. At oh, tight end. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he he might not let y'all know that. I, I probably should have spilled the tea. <laughs> <laughs> I do pat and goes with the receiver. I said, "Mike, you see me tracking this thing?" He's like, yeah, it's a gift. I see you have it. You know, I just keep trying to show him glimpses of whatever uh, opportunities I can get to let him know I'm trying to touch this ball in the NFL. What's your biggest takeaway from that clip there? Is that he's right. Put him on the field. My biggest takeaway? This is how you know that you've made in the NFL and you're really comfortable when you could call your coach Big Mike. I've never heard anyone. He's not wrong with Mike McCarthy if you want to refer to him as Big Mike, but I feel like the only... Big title we use for a coach is, is Big Red in the NFL. I kind of like that Big Mike. Well, I don't know if this helps or hurts your case or not, but I cut out the question. Pat McAfee, in his question, did call him Big Mike. Oh, did he? So I don't know. Changes I, it. Okay. Changes it because you put the thought in his head. Not. I don't want to say this is a lack of respect. That's not what I'm saying. But the way NFL players view their coaches and talk to their coaches compared to the way college players talk to their coaches or about their Different. coaches... It's more of like a, not friend, but I think if you call him Big Mike, it's nowhere near disrespectful in the NFL compared to college. But like, for example, let's say we had Alex Highsmith on just a few moments ago. If I said to him, 
you know, my producer Ryan has a thought. He's going to say, oh, yeah, this is what I, I think about Ryan's opinion. But then if I go, oh, my producer Hot Take Hickey had a thought, he'd be like, oh, yeah, that Hot Take Hickey fellow, this is what I think about his opinion. When you say the nickname there, it sometimes puts that thought in your head to just repeat it because you immediately heard it. So Pat opened the door. Yeah. Is what you're, okay. That does change it a little bit. If, if he just went on the air and was like, oh, my, my guy Big Mike, I'd be like, okay. I like Micah Parsons a lot. Uh, here is uh, Aaron Rodgers providing an update on how his rehab is going. This also on the Pat McAfee show. It's tough, though. It's tough. It is, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy, but uh, there's been some uh, progressions with the rehab last couple of days, so it kind of gets the uh, the hope meter kind of trending upwards a little bit, the, the joy meter t- trending up a little bit. It's so clear Rodgers is trolling. I know you have this special surgery and, and all that. There's no way. Like, the Jets have to make the playoffs first, which you're not going to. But there's no way he's coming back this season. But he keeps on playing into the game. He keeps on dangling that carrot and keeping himself in the news. And I kind of respect that. Aaron Rodgers and what his goal is uh, with his Achilles rehab. I'm going to do everything I can rehab-wise to put myself in a position to be ready to play football again at some point. Obviously, when this happened, there's a lot of thoughts about, like, is that it? Cash it in. You're done. I don't. I just don't feel like I am. Uh, so I'm going to put myself in a position to be able to play again. And then uh, see when that is. So there you go. The Comeback Player of the Year award that I said he's going to win next year. The quest for that to happen starts right now. Uh, let's get to Ryan Day. I have not heard this. He predicts Ohio State will beat Notre Dame. Hickey, can I just ask you one question before we play? Sure. Is this going to meet the uh, slug line here, or is this going to be disappointing? Is this very rah-rah? I wouldn't say rah-rah, but I don't think I'm also misleading you in the headline. All right, go ahead. just never know what's going to come in this game, how it's going to shake out, what the back and forth is going to be. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the game. That's it, you know, and... And that's what we'll do in this one. Eh, yeah, I guess it is again. And that's what we'll do in this one. The ultimate goal is to win the game. That's what we'll do this one. If you're going to guarantee a victory, Ryan Day, we're going to kick their ass. We're going to beat Notre Dame. And we're going to crush them in South Bend. Like, just something like that. So boring. I almost fell asleep listening to him. I just hope if Notre Dame wins, he doesn't misremember and or forget that he said those words like a LSU coach may have forgotten that he said they'll take care of the Seminoles and then three days later forgot oh. he said that on a radio show where yeah. the receipts were brought up very quickly and very easily. Mr. Family with Brian Kelly and his family and the LSU Tiger family. Let's uh, keep it going with coaches that say some things. Dan Lanning said nothing with us basically last night, but then he goes on Sirius XM and he takes a little shot at the Colorado program. We can win in in a multitude of ways. You know, you talk about going down and having a tough game uh, there at Texas Tech early in the season in the road and uh, having to do it with some takeaways and some resiliency earlier, some big special teams kicks. Um, You talk about a team that, you know, has been explosive at times on offense and a a group that's taking care of the ball uh, and taking it away on defense. So um, certainly not a complete game yet. We're still looking to have one of those. Um, but we, we've got a team that's going to have a chance to have some real success this season. Preseason's over, boys. We get to play. Every one of these matter, and, and all of them matter from the jump anyway. Um, but the way we practice, like these guys, I promise you, their chin straps are buckled tight, right? And, and they got them bra straps pulled in tight on the shoulder pads, too. We, we don't have to change our mindset. 
when we go out there on the practice field. I mean, at the end of the day, YouTube videos aren't going to win football games, right? You got to play the game between between the white lines, and uh, that's that's the plan for us this week. I'm not really concerned about outside noise. This is all about playing the game, not the occasion. You can tell coaches they get so worn down as the week goes on with all the hype surrounding Deion Sanders and how it feels like every media member is trying to get the coach to say something controversial so then Coach Prime uses it to troll the coach uh, after the game if it does go his way. I thought Dan Lanning last night with this was very measured, very calculated, wanted to give nothing for the most part when talking about Colorado. And... um, now, at the end of the week, he, he may have uh, met his breaking point there with the small slip-up, which ends up being a big slip-up about how YouTube videos uh, do not win games. So, there you go on that front. Finally, here is uh, maybe the soundbite of the week. Kenny Dillingham, the uh, new head coach at Arizona State, they have uh, USC this weekend, and he said uh, no team should ever expect to lose a game, but listen to the way that he said it. If you don't expect to win every game, you got a problem. I don't care if I'm playing Michael Jordan in basketball. I'm not playing to lose. Otherwise, why would I, why would I play? I'm not just going to play because it's fun. No, what's fun is competing to win. So you're playing to win. That's it. And if you don't, whether, whatever happens after the game, it doesn't matter. You then watch the tape and you get better and you grow and you get better and you grow and get better. And eventually, right, Saturday nights are going to feel better. But if you don't take the field and you expect to win the football game, something's wrong. You should expect to win. You, you should, that's, otherwise, you shouldn't be on the field. I love that because what Arizona State's going to do nothing this year, but you're trying to build culture and you're trying to speak to your players when you do that. And he's probably sensed that a lot of his players realize this week they're not going to beat USC and then gets all the questions about it. So you get a good soundbite like that. You know, other people see it. I don't know if it directly leads to helping recruiting Hickey, but I like that passion when you're building, you're building from the ground up there from Kenny Dillingham. And you could tell he's putting in all the work. That coaching voice right there, that that scratchy kind of voice seems like he's been yelling all week. Oh, that passes the radar for, for Zach Gelbin, someone that could be a good head coach one day. I was just going to say, I mean, he sounds exhausted just from part of the practice it came from. So I can imagine come game day, the energy must exude ready to win. You know who he sounds like? Oh, what's the dude's name? I could see his face. He does the podcast, busting with the boys. Uh, not Taylor Wan, the guy that went to uh, Nebraska that played in the NFL for like a bunch of years. Compton, Will Compton? Yeah, Will Compton. Sounds a little bit like Will Compton after Nebraska loss. <laughs> Kenny Dillingham leading into a week where no one thinks you're going to win. Uh, I would do a little uh, comparison side-by-side side with both those voices. All right, that's the News Brief, Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We'll give you some college football predictions next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. (laughs) 
You're listening to The Zach Gelb Show. Oh, I thank you very much. And you can think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. So during the break, Hickey was uh, eating some pasta. What kind of pasta you got tonight? Oh, you have some uh, some sauce on that pasta. Look, was there a little sausage in that pasta too? A little spinach as well? What do you got? Kale, mm-hmm. turkey, ground Ooh. turkey, and some little corkscrew pasta and some red sauce. Gotcha. You call that sauce? You call that gravy? I call it sauce. Yeah, I call it sauce as well. That's what that's what I end up doing. I but think anyway. the real Italians call it sauce too. I don't think they call it gravy. I think it's the. I'm just asking. I, I'm not judging. I'm just asking. No, neither am I. I'm just more spitting out facts. Well, I, I thought you were looking like James Franklin there for a second. You started to choke on that pasta. You were looking like James Franklin up against a, a top 10, top 15 team. I was a little bit concerned about you. I thought I had to give you the Heimlich. Not this year. Not <laughs> with James this year. No way. All right, so let's start off with picks then when we go into the college football world. We'll start with your Penn State Nittany Lions. They're a 14.5-point favorite at uh, Happy Valley. And they welcome in the Iowa Hawkeyes with uh, everyone's favorite AI friend in uh, Brian Ferentz coming on in and fooling the whole world this week. I'll let you start here since it's your football team. I'm assuming you're laying the points and drinking the Kool-Aid. 100 to 25. That is my score prediction. Okay, what's your actual score? I'm being serious. Kurt Ferentz accused Penn State two years ago multiple times of faking injuries. When Sean Clifford is out for the game, when their defensive tackle is out for the game, I want to make Kirk Ferentz retire. Tomorrow night, there is not a. I'm not kidding. There's You're not a number a high enough that they could put up on the scoreboard that make me feel satisfied with uh, the score. So I was going to lay the 14 and a half points here, and I do think Penn State's going to win the game. But now I feel as if this is going to be a closer game than than what you anticipate. I'll go 24 to uh, 14 here. Um, I'll say that you guys uh, win the game here, but it's not going to be as much of a blowout as you think. Alrighty. Uh, A Saturday night, Ohio State, Notre Dame. The Buckeyes are now down to a three-point favorite. This opened up at three and a half. I like Notre Dame plus the three points. I'll take the points in South Bend. Um, I think Notre Dame's going to win the game outright, but I do believe this is going to be a close game right down to the wire. I got it at plus three and a half, so I, I like that hook there. In case if Ohio State does win by a field goal, then it wouldn't push. Um, but I do think Notre Dame's going to win the game outright, and I like the way that uh, Notre Dame runs the football with Aldrich Estime. I think that's a recipe. Big uh, physical play in the trenches. Run the ball with Aldrich Estime. Sam Hartman's a good quarterback. He's better than Kyle McCord. Um, I will go Notre Dame over the Buckeyes. Ohio State. Wow, I'm Notre surprised. Dame has the quarterback advantage without a doubt. But I think on the, off, uh, on the offense, the rest of the way, it's Ohio State. Better running back or better running game, I will say. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think better, better skill players, better offensive line. I think the Buckeyes, that high scoring, 24-20, they win. I just don't know what to expect out of Kyle McCord. I understand what you're saying in terms of the talent on this Ohio State team. I just do not know what to expect from this quarterback in an environment that, yeah, there will be Ohio State fans there. There's no doubt about it. There'll be a ton of red in that stadium, but that's a big stage, everyone watching, and I think we'll learn about a lot about Kyle McCord coming up on Saturday evening. Oregon State, Washington State. Um, I don't think we're talking enough about this Oregon State defense. Everyone's looking at both of these offenses. Mm, going to Pullman, it's tough, but I think they're up for the task. They did not play well last week. I'll lay the three points here, kind of hold my nose, and uh, take Oregon State in this one. Same. This is going to be trench warfare, offensive line, defense line, both in the advantage of the Beavers. They can win in multiple ways. They go up to Pullman and win. 
Ole Miss, Alabama. I got this at Ole Miss plus seven. It's now down to um, uh, plus six and a half if you're taking Ole Miss. Alabama right now is six and a half point favorite. I would still plus the points here. I think this is a close game. Um, I think we'll see a, a, a bunch of scoring from Ole Miss. The question is, can Alabama keep up? Uh, you know that Ole Miss could have a turnover to up against this Alabama defense, uh, but I will plus the points here uh, with, with Ole Miss plus the uh, six and a half, seven points. You asked a question, I'll answer it. Can Alabama keep up with Ole Miss? No, they cannot. Ole Miss goes in and gets really, I mean, not a great win, but probably the biggest win of Lane Kiffin's oh, Ole Miss career. That's a great win for Ole Miss. It, it's a great win for Ole Miss. UCLA, Utah. <sighs> I'm scared this weekend. And I love the Utes, especially beating Florida, beating Baylor without Cam Rising. Cam Rising expected to come back. I feel like it's one of those games where you survive. Now you get your quarterback back and you're the back-to-back Pac-12 champs. I think this could be a close game. I'll take the points here, plus the six points with UCLA and the Bruins. I'm going Utah. Even if Cam Rising plays, which he's projected to, I don't think he's playing the entire game and going to be, you know, peak Cam Rising like we've seen him before. But I think Utah's physicality plus two tough environment there at Utah for a freshman quarterback. They win, and they win this game in cover. Come on up for Cam Rising. You can do a little Bruce Springsteen right there. I don't have the voice, but come on up for the rising. I always like that with the come on up for Cam Rising. Uh, always a fun one for me, and I probably just uh, ruined a lot of people's uh, hearing on this uh, Friday evening. Colorado, Oregon. Maybe I'm a sucker here. I don't think Coach Prime squad is losing by 22 points, plus the 21 points with the Buffaloes. Uh, their defense does concern me in this game, but I think their offense will be able to do enough to cover the 21-point spread. Colorado is 127th in the country in rushing the ball. They are 119th Non-believer. in rushing defense. Uh, uh, Oregon uh, is going to run the hell out of the ball. No Travis Hunter, which stinks, but also the reality. Ducks win, Ducks cover. I think you uh, became a little bit of a scaredy cat going into uh, Colorado State. Because the first week of the season, like most people, oh, TCU's going to win, TCU's going to win, Colorado's going to do nothing this year. Then going into the Nebraska game, oh, folks, everyone's overreacting. Nothing to see here is what you were saying. You picked Nebraska to win. Then after their 2-0 start, you, you believe a little bit. And then after the Colorado State game, now going into Oregon, you're back on, on being a king douche here when it comes against Pickett against our guy. Next time he joins us, friend to show, because that'll be the third time he comes on in Coach Prime and Deion Sanders. I'm not saying you got to pick Colorado to win the game, but to not cover the 21 points, uh, I don't know where you are. You keep on jumping in, jumping out, jumping in, jumping out. Well, against a bad Colorado State team last week, yeah, they should have won by 24 points. I, don't, you, I think you would have made fun of me, and I wouldn't have been genuine myself. I would have been a hater if I picked Colorado State to keep it close. I... For one game, I believe, that I'm being realistic. And now you're going to play in a tough environment against a very physical team. I said it week one I was wrong, but this is where reality actually does come and punch Colorado in the face. I know that uh, we're on in Colorado right now. Maybe Coach Prime's listening. Coach Prime, just know. Hot take kicky. Non-believer. Non-believer. Florida State, Clemson. I am a little bit afraid that this spreads only two points. I know Florida State did not play well last week up against BC. They looked past them. Jared Verse told us so when he joined us earlier in the week. For the love of God, Florida State, please 
annihilate Clemson this weekend and their arrogant head football coach in Dabo Sweeney. I went on a rant earlier how I'm just sick and tired of Dabo Sweeney. He doesn't adjust to the transfer portal, doesn't embrace NIL, and he just kind of mocks it and, and clowns it. Florida State's a better team. Uh, this spread to me is weird. It scares me, but I'm laying the two points of Florida State. I already did it earlier in the week, and I hope Florida State has a party all night long in Clemson, South Carolina. I had two gut feelings. One was Ohio State. The other was Clemson. I don't like the fact that Clemson is just getting written off and and already written out for dead. Dabo, I'm not a Dabo fan. I just don't think he's going out this easily. I don't think he's dying this quickly. I think he rises up, beats the Seminoles, upset Florida State's season, takes a U-turn. What gut are you talking about? You have no gut. Oh, I got guts. BYOG, bring your own guts. You have no guts. There's no stomach there. Yeah, that, that's not a stomach. That is a gut that you can trust. There's no gut there. If Death I start Valley slapping knows. my tummy, that's a gut. But you you can't be a guy, you little emaciated SOB, saying, oh, it's a gut pick here, and then picking up your, your shirt and just going, oh, look what I got here. Caserta's on line one. He's saying hubba hubba. Zach Kelp Show, CBS Sports Radio. Kurt Warner will join us next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 